Well, welcome in, everybody. Off the final weekend in February, we are ready to go with another edition of the Nation's College Basketball Show and Podcast. It is College Basketball Coast to Coast. I am the somewhat capable host, TJ Reeves. Straight ahead, let's blog the bracket with Chris Dobertine of bloggingthebracket.com. We are ready to look just inside of two weeks of Selection Sunday is what does that bracket look like? Who are the teams in? Who are the teams out? I'm ready to talk with Chris, who has been a longtime contributor to this show and podcast over the last few years. He's got insight on the likes of Memphis and North Carolina, Wyoming, Michigan, etc. Who's in, who's out. We'll do some of that with Chris. And a little bit later on here on the program, we will get some insight. Speaking of Memphis, a guy that's seen Memphis recently, has also seen the Houston Cougars and the SMU Mustangs in the American Conference. Mark Adams of ESPN will be here to break down a little American Conference. Mark is also working the Horizon League tournament and championship game for next week. As part of Championship Week, the automatic bids going out every which direction. Love Mark's insight and analysis. Again, however you found this show and podcast, reminder, find us on Apple Podcasts, wherever you get podcasts, under College Basketball Coast to Coast. And we are streaming on TuneIn. The TuneIn channel is College Basketball Coast to Coast. Hear this show anytime, and you're going to want to lock into that channel because we've got NCAA tournament coverage. We've got Selection Sunday Night coverage. Uh, we've got live games coming on this channel all the way through Final Four time in new orleans college basketball coast to coast on tune in or on podcast all right let's get it underway let's talk about the final couple of days of february we're headed to march as the week unfolds and we're ready to do it right now yes indeed here he is it is his time of year this is why i go to chris dobertine of bloggingthebracket.com part of the sba nation uh family of Uh, sites and networks this man he does this all year long analyzes looks at it has been doing it for over a decade and i love his insight back here on college basketball coast to coast february about to be march my friend it's our time of the year how you feeling i I cannot believe the season has flown by as it has i mean we're 14 days away i just never thought that here we are it's a sunny day in chicago and we're almost in march just hours away Yeah, there's no doubt about that as we release this edition of the program. We're about to be in the month of March. Work still to be done for several teams. We're going to get to that in a couple of moments, play some fun in or out uh, with Chris. But just a couple of things. I always always love doing this. Uh, Please reiterate, as you've done many times on your own site and on interviews, about this time of year and how critical the end of the regular season and even your conference tournament if you are a power five team on the bubble, if even if you're a mid-major team on the bubble, you could potentially do damage. You know, there's some Mountain West teams, for example, some American conference teams that can do damage at the conference tournament, and that's going to carry weight even if you don't get the automatic bid. Pick up on that, if you would, Chris, on how important this is at the finish. And it's also, you have to consider the fact that the regular season has almost kind of been compressed since the Super Bowl was so late. We only had a month between the Super Bowl and Selection Sunday. So a lot of conferences, the A-10, for example, you talk about bubble conference, you know, a lot of their final regular season games are their marquee matchups that they backloaded, you know, for this weekend. So you have to keep that in mind. And, you know, that's one of those conferences where it's so competitive, a surprise team could come along and win, you know, and steal a bid. The Mountain West looks like it's going to be that because I think, you know, we talk about the four strongest teams in the Mountain West. Teams five through seven are pretty darn good too and can really, you know, end up spoiling the apple cart in the end. 
And we're going to have a lot of conferences like that. We're going to have, you know, you think about last year where you had three teams who were now having awful seasons in Georgetown, Oregon State, and Georgia Tech, you know, winning surprise, you know, auto bids, you know, knocking some teams off the bubble. And I think that with the parity that we had, we kind of look back at what happened on Saturday. Mm. You know, we're going to see a lot of things like that, you know, over the next couple of weeks. It's going to be a really active time, especially since this bubble, you know, I was thinking back at when I did my first couple of brackets in January, once I got the line nine, it was like, gosh, this is just awful. Like, I'm really having a hard time finding teams. <laughs> but now it's the reverse. I mean, there are going to be some really good teams with quality NCAA tournament level resumes that are going to get left out. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. And you bring up a great point that a year ago, the bid stealers were very active. It was a, it was a crazy compressed, not only conference tournament weekend with a lot of the different uh, sites and places not having very many fans, if mm-hmm. at all, and then a completely compressed tournament in Indianapolis that saw Georgia Tech, Oregon State, and Georgetown, as you mentioned, play their way into it. I don't know that there'll be that many uh, this year, but we we will see. Uh, you mentioned the Atlantic 10. You currently just will we'll, we'll pick on a couple of these uh, conferences just to pick your brain. You have that right now as only a one-bid league. Do you believe it could be, in the next couple of weeks, a two-bid league is there is there somebody for sure in the atlantic 10 that's in without the auto bid or you don't think so as we head towards the a10 tournament coming up i think at this point i think davidson is safe i think they're going to be all right they're 14 2 in conference 24 and 4 overall they have that nice win over alabama i think they're going to be in good shape where you cut where things really get messy is you kind of look at what's ahead um VCU has a really good shot this week because they play both St. Bonaventure at home and they go to St. Louis. St. Louis is, you know, kind of falling off a bit. St. Bonaventure is still a team, even though they have some bad losses that could really make a move, I think. Dayton fell off, losing by a point at LaSalle, which is, you know, another quad four loss for them. But they still have an opportunity because they go to Richmond and they host Davidson to close out. So they can at least get themselves in position where they can, you know, get themselves into a top two or three seed in the A-10 tournament, only to win three games because the auto bid, you know, will make a mess. St. Bonaventure, it's the same thing. You know, nobody in that conference has the quality wins that St. Bonaventure has, you know, when they get VCU and Richmond, you know, to close out. So I think that there's a, still a lot to do in that conference, you know, and, and you have all these teams. I have VCU and St. Bonaventure both in the next four out group, and Dayton has fallen, you know, out of the first four out and, you know, probably around you know, team number 10 out at this point, you know, but you think about what's going to happen in Washington, D.C. at the A-10 tournament, and all those teams still have a shot and could have a shot in that large if, if things break right over the final week of the regular season. Yep, it is obviously predicated on what's happening around you. you got to win your games is that philosophy. Along those same lines, we are going to play some in or out right now with Chris Doberty. And again, this will change. He knows that. We know that. We always disclaim that. But before we get to in or out, Mountain West is another team I'm intrigued by. In your latest item at bloggingthebracket.com, you have three Mountain West teams definitely. Do you have four Mountain West teams that you believe are definitely in from this conference? You believe that is the case? I think they're going to get three for sure. Four is really going to depend. Um, San Diego State is kind of one of those teams that has a really weird resume when you kind of compare it to others. Um, they have no bad losses, which when you look at this year's bubble, that's a really good selling point. They have some really nice wins as well. You know, they won, beat St. Mary's in Phoenix. They've beaten Colorado State at home. 
to me, I think they're in really good shape, especially when you kind of look at their metrics. Ken Palm loves in their top 25, top 30 in the net. And I just don't see why they're not getting quite as much love from, from other bracketologists out there right now. Interesting. Uh, and you mentioned, I mean, who knows what to expect for the first time ever, ever, the top six teams, one through six in the AP poll were all beaten on the same day yes. on Saturday, including number one Gonzaga losing uh, as well. I mean, who knows what to, Chris, when things like that are going on, get ready, right? Strap in uh, because nobody knows what to expect here over the next couple of weeks before we ever get to the NCAA tournament. I mean, you think about how wide open things are going to be. I mean, last year it was pretty clear it was, you know, Baylor and Gonzaga were the two best teams. For a while, it seemed like that was going to be the same case, but both those teams have kind of slipped up enough, and you kind of look at what hap has happened otherwise. And the other, you know, power teams have, you know, real flaws. Auburn's offense can just go absent for minutes at a time. You know, and that's a team that's, you know, probably going to be a one or a two seed for sure. Um, Kansas has been very, you know, inconsistent you think about what they did against Baylor you know after just absolutely thrashing them in Lawrence so there are going to be a lot of question marks at the top of the bracket and and the draw is really going to be very important when that field comes out in a little less than two weeks love this man's insight follow him at Chris Dobertine spell it d-o-b-b-e-r-t-e-a-n Chris Dobertine is blogging the bracket.com is the site and he is updating it constantly right now Obviously, with two weeks out, 13 days out, as, as we release this edition of College Basketball Coast to Coast from Selection Sunday, I think we're ready. This is what we have the man here for. Here we go. Who's in, in. or out, out for the big dance in March? Let's get after it, my friend. Okay, at the risk of being accused of being biased. No, not me, not TJ. My Memphis <laughs> Tigers are obviously squarely in the conversation. Do you have the Tigers of Penny Hardaway in or out at the moment? Still work to do or in? What do you say? Very much work to do. I had SMU ahead of them in my Friday bracket. Tuesday's bracket will have the Tigers back in. Um, First, it was kind of like, well, SMU has those two quality wins over Memphis. You know, they, they have the head-to-head. -head, but, you know, after SMU got hammered by Houston yesterday and, and Memphis was able to hold serve, you know, against Wichita State, you know, rather, you know, impressively winning by 24. You know, I had them back in. They got wins against Alabama. They got a nice tie-breaking win over Virginia Tech. When you think about the bubble, I think the Tigers, they have work to do, but I think they're in. they're in for now. The Tigers not only held serve, they hit Wichita State over the head with the racket for about an hour yes. and a half on Sunday <laughs> in a game that was 33 to nine that began in Memphis. But yeah, I would agree. Yeah, just one more on them because again, I'm slanted and I host the show. If they beat Houston, does that put them in regardless of what happens in the American Conference Tournament? Or do you believe they still would probably have to win their semifinal game and maybe be in the championship game of the conference tournament? How valuable is that Houston game looming at Memphis Saturday, this coming Saturday? You would think that with Houston being third on the net that it would be automatic, but you also kind of look at what the committee did with its sneak preview you know, a little more than a week ago where they had Houston outside of the top 16. So they're not valuing that three ranking in the net quite as much. I think even if they beat Houston twice, I think they're still going to have to probably get to that Saturday semifinal in the American tournament in Fort Worth. 
Yeah, I think that's fair. Even as an alum, that's fair because if they screw up and lose early, then there's a reason to exclude them again. And they've got a couple of bad losses. Yeah. All right, enough about Memphis. North Carolina, brand name, Hubert Davis, first-year coach. Again, as we release college basketball coast-to-coast, Chris and I are in the preview mode for North Carolina's game with Syracuse. Then, oh, by the way, the arch-rival Duke game is the final regular season game, Coach K's final game at Shashevskyville at Cameron. It's going to be some scene Saturday. Is North Carolina in or out on, on the bloggingthebracket.com bracket right now as we enter the week? What say you? I have them in and probably a little safer than they probably should be. You know, metrics, they're okay. They've got a net and a Ken Palm ranking, both at 40, which is kind of borderline. They still only have the one quad one win over Virginia Tech, but at the same time, they have three really potential tri-breaking wins over bubble teams. They've beaten Michigan, you know, in the in the big in the Big Ten ACC Challenge. They've beaten Virginia Tech twice, um, and they had that one really bad loss to Pittsburgh right after Valentine's Day, which which ever, had everybody thinking they were done. But I think Carolina is probably going to make it because the committee tends to give power conference teams and name brand power conference teams the benefit of the doubt. You look at that, you know first four game we had last year between Michigan State and UCLA, you know, when honestly neither one of those teams probably had any business being in the field. And of course, Bruins ended up going all the way to the final four anyway. Yeah, very true. And again, they got to fill out 36 at large, as you keep making mention of and others keep making mention of. You start getting to the 34, 35th and 36th team. It's tough. Uh, on the comparisons. Let's continue with Chris Dobertine. A couple of more on who's in and who's out. Rutgers, a very interesting case. A lot of quad one wins, two or three bad losses. They have not helped themselves recently losing at Michigan. And then Wisconsin came in in a revenge game and beat them on the weekend. Right now, as the week begins, is Rutgers in or out, Chris? I still have Rutgers in. And the reason for that is th- those quad one wins cannot be ignored. And that is something that, again, the committee gives us guidance there. And really, you think about, you know, the quad one wins themselves more so than the record in those quad one games. You know, Tennessee was a three seed. And at the time they were, you know, they had five quad one wins uh, against six quad one losses. It's very strange that this is kind of the only thing where a record, you know, of something like five and six is considered better than a record of two and one when you're looking at sample size. But the fact that they have been able to do so and do it late has kind of helped them. But at the same time, the fact they've dropped their last couple of games has and not looked really great doing it. You know, uh, you know, Wisconsin aside, that, that was a close one on Saturday. But this is a team that I think that really has to kind of get it back in gear. Otherwise, you know, the 83 net, the 76 Ken Palm, which are both out of at-large range, are going to come back and bite them. Yeah, there's no doubt that they still have work to do uh, and opportunities uh, to do it as we, again, release the show. Rutgers playing at Indiana on Wednesday, uh, and then they will finish up the regular season on the weekend, the Scarlet Knights with Penn State. Not exactly great teams. Again, that's why they didn't take advantage of the Wisconsin game at home. That would have been another helpful win for Rutgers. couple more minutes left. Let's swing out west. I know you mentioned San Diego State earlier. Wyoming is playing San Diego State. We don't know that result. Again, as we release this show, Chris and I don't know that result. Wyoming lost the game to Colorado State. Wyoming has a good case. Do you have the Cowboys in right now? Beginning play this week, Chris Dobertine. 
I do have Wyoming still in. Again, they have four quad one wins. They only have a couple of questionable losses, one of which was on the road at New Mexico right after Valentine's Day again. Um, and they lost to Stanford, which is looking worse and worse at the tournament in Hawaii that ended up not being completed. But, you know, net of 39, Ken Palm of 46. I think they're probably going to get a good look, but they've really got to be careful with that San Diego State game. It's really good for them that they get that game at home, you know, going from sea level to, you know, the highest court, you know, in the entire country, I think is really probably going to give them an advantage on Monday night. Well, and again, for Wyoming, they will play midweek against UNLV. They'll play on the weekend against Fresno State. So they've got three opportunities at the time that Chris and I are taping to do something before the Mountain West tournament and do something on the neutral floor. Let's see what happens there. One more, Oregon Ducks. They beat UCLA Thursday night. They lost a back and forth, could have gone either way game to USC Saturday night. Right now, with a week to go in the Pac-12 regular season, Oregon in or out, Chris? I have Oregon just out. They really, really needed to sweep those 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 four games against the LA schools. Going three three and one is great, but now they're going to have to lead themselves with a little bit of work to you know they're going to lead themselves a little bit of work to do going to that Pac-12 tournament. They've got so many questionable. You know they lost to Arizona State twice. They've yeah. lost to Cal. They've lost to Stanford. You know these are re- you know they got absolutely destroyed by BYU and Portland back in November which is kind of an important game from a tie-breaking standpoint, you know, since the Cougars are also on the bubble. You know, they've lost to St. Mary's. This is a team that has that's basically had two good weekends this year and hasn't been able to put it together consistently otherwise. And Oregon will finish with the two Washington teams on the road Thursday and Washington State Saturday at Washington Thursday at Washington State Saturday. Again, those don't really help them. The Pac-12 tournament may have to help them, where, again, if they're able to get a neutral floor win over the likes of a USC and Arizona, UCLA, that may bolster their case as well. Absolutely. This man always bolsters our case, Chris Dobertine. Again, plug away. You're going to be blogging the bracket all week. Plug away where we read you, social media, all of it, sir. Go ahead. Go. We, we, uh, going to have a whole lot of stuff coming out. Going to have a page coming out for every single conference tournament starting on Monday with the Northeast Conference. Um, have Conference Tournament Central. I'll be updating all the scores and all the TV information and all the tip times. Um, going to naturally have bracket updates will go daily once we get to next sunday wow so have a fresh bracket every day then and you know bubble updates you know as warranted as we get into the week and get into the conference tournaments uh twitter chris dobertino i'm probably going to actually be using the sb nation bracketology tag probably a little bit more you know over the next week and a half than i have been um and bloggingthebracket.com of course We love this man's insight. We get to do this with him every time that he is willing to join us at the end of the year. Promise me that I can bother you at least a couple of more times in and around the bracket. Chris, thank you. Great stuff to kick this week off. We appreciate it, my friend. Thank you. And thank you, TJ. As promised, he's enthusiastic. He's busy. He's been doing a lot of American Conference basketball. Mark Adams back aboard with me from ESPN as part of College Basketball Coast to Coast. It is our time. It is March, my friend. Good to have you. Are you ready to go? I am jacked up. I've been calling some of the greatest games (laughs) in the country. I just had SMU at Houston on Sunday. Now Houston on the precipice of an American Athletic Conference championship tomorrow night as Cincinnati comes to Houston, and guess where I'm at? Houston, Texas, right now, overlooking the skyline of Houston. I have a 
they gave me a sweet tj i don't know how yes. to, i was born in kentucky yes. sweet yes. to me was stuff that you ate you didn't live it <laughs> you know so i am thrilled with with my with my digs here and my great view Yes, because you worked Houston SMU and just, hey, the city said, roll out the red carpet. Let's leave Mark Adams here. Let's have him do some more basketball for this. And by the way, Mark will also be working championship week of the Horizon League. That's the likes of Cleveland State, Oakland, Wright State, Purdue, Fort Wayne. You're also working the American Conference Championship Week as well in the early rounds of that. So we love all of the March tinge. Why don't we go to the American Conference uh, all right, everybody wants to know about Houston in specific. You saw them beat SMU, as you mentioned. They're on the verge of a regular season title, Final Four team a year ago. We had you on a year ago talking about Houston in the Final Four. How good is this Houston team that you just saw? How much damage do we think we that we can see them do? I think they're at least a second-weekend team. I'm not sure they're a Final Four team, and, and Kelvin Sampson is not sure if they're a Final Four team either. You know, this team is, is really fascinating because they lose Marcus Sasser, who was projected to be the player of the year this year in the American. Tremont Mark, who also would be a first-team all-conference player in the American. They lost both of those guys during the season in November and December. And somehow, Kelvin Sampson re-engineered this roster to a point where any given night, any one of four or five guys plays like a player of the year in the league. Now, I think Kendrick Davis at SMU is the player of the year, but Fabian White is the winningest player in the history of Houston basketball. Elvin Hayes, Hakeem Olajuwon, Clyde Drexler, Fabian White, three years ago I said he would become one of the all-time greats at Houston. Now he's the winningest player in the history of Houston. Jamal Shedd is playing as good a point guard play as anybody in the country. Kyler Edwards is finding his shooting stroke. But the real story of this team is Ramon Walker, who had tendon separation surgery on his hand back in December. He's rehabbed like crazy. He's shooting the ball well. But here's the deal. He's come up with loose ball after loose ball, diving for I mean, we're talking Superman dives, TJ, that won the game against Wichita State at Wichita State in double overtime. I've not seen a, a greater hustle play in a big moment of the game since that, that a week ago when I saw Walker do that. And then Tajay Moore, who's developed into, I mean, an all-conference type player. They got five guys that could be first-team all-conference. That's how good they are. They rebound it. They guard the crap out of you. You look at the national stats, they're ranked in the top 20, in like eight or nine different defensive offensive stats. It's, it's been a fascinating story of the national coach of the year. Not the, not the American Conference Coach of the Year. The National Coach of the Year is Kelvin Sampson. Well, how about that? And again, he saw them against SMU. Of course, the big game with Memphis is looming and on the weekend. It's a bigger game for Memphis, obviously. You yeah. also worked my Tigers. You know I'm an alum. You worked my Tigers yeah. and their win over Temple. Since that game, they whacked uh, Wichita State Sunday, yeah. beat them badly. Memphis 8 wins in their last nine games. I do not believe even a biased alum, they've done enough right now. That Houston game will help. Tell me more about Memphis and their chances to make it in and what else they have to do. Well, they've had to manage through a whole bunch of injuries, as you know. And, and TJ, I want to tell you about a couple of weeks ago, I was doing the East Carolina game before DeAndre Williams, uh, Jalen Dern was out during that time. There was all kinds of injuries. Uh, but I went to the shoot around and without DeAndre Williams, who was injured, he wasn't there. 
it was like a funeral. And this team has had their problems, right? We know that. That's been well documented. Penny has talked about it. It was like a funeral. A week later, I come back. They're playing UCF, and DeAndre Williams is part of the shoot-around. It was like an ACDC mosh pit. That's how <laughs> different it was. From right. funeral to ACDC mosh pit, all because of one crazy guy, and that's DeAndre Williams. And I mean crazy in the most positive way. He brings such a spirit and energy to that team. They are different. And, and Duran is a better player when DeAndre Williams is on the floor with him. Look, in the American, you've got Josh Carlton, Fabian White, two great four and five men for Houston. But the most talented four and five men in the league are DeAndre Williams and Jalen Duran. And that's why they were successful at Houston in winning that game because they got Houston in foul trouble and Houston's Achilles heel is depth. Whereas Memphis can just bring waves of bodies at you. The key for Memphis is really simple. Number one, can they be unselfish? And number two, can they just hit singles? There's too many guys that are trying to make big time plays to go to the NBA. Screw that. Right. If this team decides to just hit singles and don't worry about what, how they look, but instead they worry about what they do together then Memphis can go as far as anybody in the NCAA tournament. About that, they've made the three. They've been hitting the three a little more consistently, and that has helped them. And again, that game looms large with Houston this weekend. SMU, the other team in the mix. SMU, who has a win over Houston, who has two wins over Memphis. Is this a three-bid league, or is this a two-bid league? Houston and whoever you love when I bring up professional wrestling, whoever loses the loser-leave-town match, SMU-Memphis in the conference tournament is the second team, and the other one is out. Is it that simple, or is it maybe three? If the conference tournaments go perfect, so if Davidson wins the Atlantic 10, if Murray State wins the OBC, if Gonzaga wins the West Coast Conference, I mean, that, that's really what it comes down to. But if an outlier in any one of those Mountain West, if an outlier in the Mountain West, somebody gets hot, Nevada gets hot and wins, a, you know, and wins it, and then you got three other teams from the Mountain West, maybe four that get in, then that would definitely hurt SMU and Memphis, by the way. Houston's in, no problem. Memphis is moving in that direction, especially if they can win out now the regular season. SMU, they're going to hang their hat on that, winning three out of four versus Memphis and Houston. So in a perfect world, all three could go, but the conference tournaments have to play out chalk. If they don't, then I think it's a two-bid league. And again, the SMU Memphis game is likely the semifinal game, depending on an upset or whatever. Right. And the other, the, the team that wins gets huge benefit from a neutral floor win against the other one in the third game. That's correct. And it yeah. would be three wins for SMU over, over Memphis. It would be impossible. I'm saying this even as an alum. Yeah. It would be impossible to deny SMU with three wins over Memphis and take Memphis instead of them. Maybe they take them both, but let's just see. Let's just see what the Tigers have in store. I do know this. I love your insight. You're going to be working the Horizon League semifinals and championship game next week. Again, the American Conference Tournament, Wichita State is a team that you've seen, and maybe a maybe a two-lane upset, but conference tournament play. Get ready for upsets. Get ready yeah. for shocking things, right? And the Horizon League has been one that's had a lot of shocking things happen during because their format, they protect their higher seeds. 
And by protecting their higher seeds, sometimes the lower seeds get momentum by winning those earlier, earlier uh, you know, tournament games. And in the American, look, Wichita State got drilled yesterday, and they're my dark horse pick. I mean, they won the conference a year ago with 80% of their scoring coming back from a season ago. They've lost a bunch of close games, and then Memphis just drilled them yesterday. So my question to Wichita State is, are those kids still engaged and still believing? I don't know. They played a hell of a game against Houston in the roundhouse. I think they've got the ingredients to be the dark horse in the league, but they've got some soul searching to do after that beatdown in Memphis. Yeah, Tulane. UCF. We'll see. We'll see when you throw the ball up in Fort Worth in that one. Listen, I always love the insight. I love the analysis. Uh, More skyline chili for you. He's in Cincinnati (laughs) for Cincinnati Houston on Tuesday night. My Tigers get Houston on Saturday and we'll see what happens with the American Conference. Again, Mark is working the Horizon Championship game Tuesday night, March 8th for an automatic bid in the NCAA tournament. We always love that. My friend, I always love being with you on college basketball, coast to coast. Promise me we do this again in March. I want you later in March. Promise me I get you back. Unelected mayor of Cincinnati. Promise me that I get you back, my friend. Well, listen, if I'm still alive after 12 games in 16 days, I'll be more than happy to be with you. (laughs) I'm looking forward to it. Thank you, Mark Adams. Thanks, TJ. Have fun, buddy. There he goes. Love that man's insight. Love Chris Dobertine as well from bloggingthebracket.com. Reminder, subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, wherever you get podcasts. It's College Basketball Coast to Coast. We're streaming on TuneIn under the channel College Basketball Coast to Coast for free. Search it on TuneIn under sports, College Basketball Coast to Coast. We're right there through the month of March, the NCAA tournament in the Final Four with all the coverage. For now, we're good. I'm merely TJ Reeves. Thank you for being with me on College Basketball Coast to Coast.